Welcome to the We Can Make Chat Show, the show where Nor'westers have a chat about how we're sorting out our housing. Uh, we're your hosts, I'm John and this is Michaela. And this episode is all about families. And with us today, to chat about all this, we have our two guests. We have Don. Hello. Hello. And we have Charlie. Hello. Hi, Charlie. And hiding back at, uh, in the back is artist Danielle Debay. Say hello, Danielle. Hi. Uh, yeah, and last but not, not least, we have our lovely audience. Say hello, everybody. Oh, that's the best audience uh, we've had so far. So, sort of post-World War I, uh, the Noel West estate was, was a, an estate that was based on the Garden City model, and it was based as homes that are fit for heroes, which basically, you know, they, they, all the houses are, are three-bedroom, semi-detached houses for, the, for the, you know, the, the standard family of mum, dad, and two kids. So these three bedroom houses, they were, they, they were built all over the estate, but are they still fit for purpose today? Are they still, you know, do, we, do they still do a job that they were built for? And before we go more into that, we'd just like to hear a bit more and let, get to know our guests. So, uh, Dawn, do you want to tell us a bit about you and your home? Well, I kind of lived a very separate life for about 20 years in Henbury. Visited my parents quite often because my, there was my mum, my dad and my severely disabled sister. So I kept, kept a really close sort of eye on what was going on, like, you know, because they were really sort of struggling with my sister because she was really high maintenance. So anyway, cut long story short, my dad suddenly died. And uh, mum kind of hit a very bad spot, you know, she lost her, she lost her right arm effectively. And because she couldn't cope with the fact, the loss of her husband and the fact that my sister was very demanding, I, that was one of the reasons why I kind of left Henbury and came back, uh, came to the, like, the family home. And that, so that's where that's so that that would have probably been back in eighty something when I got there, like you know. Um, so that's how, that's how that's how I ended up in Knoll, like you know. I was married at nineteen, and we moved into a small flat in Hotwells. Well, that flat became infested with mice, and it was being sublet from the council at the time, and the environmental agency got involved and threatened to take the council to court if they didn't give me a house. And we had two small babies. Um, and so they gave us a house in Downton Road in Knoll. And they said, take it or leave it. Well, it was like a palace, like John said. Mm-hmm. It, had, it had an inside toilet and, yeah. and a bathroom, which was great. Um, the house was, it was quite run down, to be honest. Um, one of the neighbours wasn't very friendly towards us because it used to be her mum and dad's house. And she was born there and she thought we were sort of stealing their house type of thing. But they're the best neighbours you've ever had now. Um, and I only found out when we took the house and moved into it, my mother, who was born in Bristol, came up to the house and she said, I used to play in this house when it was being built. And she used to live in the house around the corner, which I never knew. Um, we've been in that house now for 43 years, 46 years, um, which is quite a long time. Kids have moved on, um, and it's very, very adequate for the just the two of us now. Whereas previously it was us and the kids, and it seemed enough space. Now it's just the two of us, and it's not enough space. <laughs> yeah, I just got too much stuff. <laughs> so that's that's quite interesting what you're saying, Charlie. So obviously your your family circumstances have changed quite a lot from when you first moved into the house. 
Yeah. So, you know, you, you kind of answered the, the next question from there. So we're going to move on to the next one. Oh, well, I think we've already got to know you really well. So if you're up for it, are you ready to play a game? No. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Does anybody else want to play some bingo? <gasps> yeah. <laughs> you can see how thrilled our guests are. <laughs> Tell you what, guys, how about we'll give you a limited job. You just have to pick the numbers. How's that? Does that feel a bit easier? Um, so um, we're going to play Who's in the House Bingo. Um, so some of you in the audience have got cards with a number on it. Do you want to just hold it up to our guests and everyone else so they know what's going on? So on, on all the cards, um, there is a typical um, Norwest home, which is basically 70% of homes in Norwest um, only have, have uh, three bedrooms. Um, so that's what you've all got, but with a different amount of people living in it. So underneath each number, there's a description of the, the people that live in that house. Okay, so one of, the, one of our guests is going to pick a number. And then we'll match that to a fact. And the first, so what we'll do, we're going to split you into two teams. We've got Dom. We'll give you the, the, the purple team with the, the, it is purple, I take it, yeah. And Charlie, if you don't mind being the green team. We've got the green, so the first one to get all their, uh, all three houses pulled out, they'll be the winner of the £10 B&Q voucher. <laughs> Yay! Dom, do you want to pick a number, our first number? And open it up and see... What our first number is. The first number is, you're going to get this big pause now. You know that, don't you? Big pause, because everybody's hanging on the edge now, waiting for it. It's an it is an amount of dots, like on a dice, so it's not like a number. Yes, and the sense. number is... One, two, three, four, 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 This is four. So obviously with all bingo numbers, there's always a little... Little thing that you have to do. It's a number four, knock on the door. So who's Three, got number four? four. Three. Hey. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. In this house lives Mo, 30, and Anita, 32, with their twin girls, Layla and Nikki, age three. Mo and Anita both work full time. Right, so we've got, we've got a couple living in the house with their two small kids. They both work full time. So we're just going to have a look at, at let's say, the childcare costs for, those, for that couple. So I've got some facts here. So on average, the average nursery cost for somebody who works part-time is £127 a week on average. Okay, if you're working full-time, that average then becomes £242 a week. And, you know, obviously most, most uh, schools finish between three and four now. Most jobs normally finish around about five o'clock. So you're going to have to get an after-school club as well. And that's about £59 a week on average. So we're looking at a spend of about £300 a week just for childcare, just, for, just to enable both those adults to be able to work. Guess you have, it sounds, sounds like you both have some thoughts on that. Does anyone want to share? Oh, well, not me. I don't have any thoughts. I've got no kids, but um, <laughs> it just, it just seems, to, to me, it just seems very depressing. <laughs> yeah, when, when our kids were, were little, um, I worked full-time. Kay worked full-time, but it was split between afternoons, tea times and evenings because she worked in a chip yeah. shop. Yeah, yeah. Um, which meant that we didn't see each other through the evenings, most evenings. And it meant leaving the kids at 11 o'clock at night to go and meet her from work because you couldn't afford babysitters that time of night. So it was making sure they were asleep, sneaking down the road and back again. Um, and so we, we, we just had to make do. Yeah. Did you have any extended um, family around, Charlie, to, to sort of help out? Not in that area, no. All my family was in Portishead, which... Yeah, yeah, so the distance of travelling wouldn't have made it feasible at all. Yes, it was, uh, it was awkward. 
Yeah. Um, on, on reflection, though, I don't have kids, but we had the same problem because my sister was severely disabled. Yeah. So my mum and dad split the... My mum would take uh, evening jobs and my dad had to do the main day job, like, you know, and that's, that, that's how they managed. And, yeah. and I would step in weekends just to, sort of, you know, to give them a break. So a bit of respite. Like, you know, yeah. So as, as regards the, the cost of it now, um, we, we wouldn't have been able to afford it. No. Not even the, the equivalent then. We wouldn't have yeah. been able to afford it. So and I, I think with all the money you pay in taxes and everything else, then more should be given by the government for things like that. Yeah, so you shouldn't have to fork out for yourself. That's what I was going to say, Charlie, with that. It, does, it, yeah, it takes away the incentive to go to work, doesn't it? Because yeah. you know, you're, you're working to give your money to somebody else all the time. Well, on that happy note, shall we carry <laughs> on with the game? <laughs> So, um, can oh we, yeah, thanks. Can we talk about Brexit? <laughs> <laughs> That's the next episode. So, Charlie's winning at the moment um, with one card, and he's going to pick another number out. Two. Oh, uh, number two, one little duck. Quack, quack. <laughs> you can tell he's played bingo. <laughs> so, who's got number two? Ah, Femi, hi. In this house live Stephen and Brenda. Stephen and Brenda are both 58. Brenda's illness means she can only live downstairs. So, thinking about that example, um, we got another bit of information to share, which is less than 5% of housing is actually accessible. Um, I think, Dom, you probably have some thoughts around that with your... With the experience the, with the, well, when, it when it comes to well, we started off with disabled, most disabled sisters she tripped up a matchsticks basically. So we had to try and do as much as we could to take away all steps and uh, and things, you know, and um, and also, you know, to make sure that to, that there was a duty of care that we had to be. My sister was fond of opening doors and disappearing, so <laughs> we had to put two locks on the doors, one at the, one at the top, one at the bottom, and now I can't reach the top because I've been dumbly arming, like, you know, so I want to kick the door in every time I go home now, but still, that's something else. Yeah, that, that, that was something that we, we constantly had to keep adapting the house, but to be fair, because the house was very basic, we could add what we wanted to it without actually, you know, incorporating any sort of real structural sort of uh, changes within the, within the building itself, so... That's a, that was a big plus because we needed to constantly adapt to her needs because they were changing as she got older, like, you know. Thanks for sharing that story. And it's actually your card as well, I believe, isn't it? Oh. Yep, yeah, you're the yeah. purple. So it's now one all for that elusive B&Q £10 voucher. <laughs> so let's go for another number then, shall we? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're making a deal. <laughs> Right, okay then, are we ready for this? With bated breaths now, come along, please. Oh no, oh no, number five. Man alive, number five. <laughs> <laughs> number five, Hello, in Tim. this house lives Mike, 64, and his partner Lisa, 60. Also in this house lives their adult child Paula and her two children, Leo and Danny. Paula's illness means she can't work. Right, well, I've got a little fact here about, about um, carers and people who live at home caring. So three in five people in the UK are going to be carers at some point in their life. So it's well over, you know, when you look at how many people in this room, well over half the people in this room are going to become carers at some point in their life. OK, and uh, 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 there's 5.4 million people in England at the moment that provide unpaid care. 
So going back, to, it relates quite strongly to your story, Don. Going back to the, about being carers and, and but the amount of time it takes takes up, you know, it's a full time job to be a carer. Yeah, the University of York did a, a survey on caring and the cost of caring. And as you quite rightly say, there was four four and a half million then. There's probably a few more now. But um, they, it transpired that they were saving the government something like £38 billion a year through free care that was coming from this four and a half million people for the hours because there is no set hours. I mean, you're on, you're on call 724, basically, like, you know. And you have again won that... Oh, no, I got it wrong. Oh, I've totally not got the colours right. OK, so... <laughs> <laughs> Char Charlie says two to Charlie <laughs> and one to Dom. <laughs> oh. So, next, whose turn is it? Charlie's. Charlie's, thanks. Do, do you want to be in charge? <laughs> You've got a better memory than me. <laughs> you don't become a carer and organised people forever without sort of getting some sort of um, direction in life. Number six. Oh. Clickety click. Oh, yeah. That's my £7.50 gone down to what's it, 25 bob now? In this house lives Sue, 62, and Nick, 67. Also in this house lives Sue and Nick's adult child, Christine, her partner, Will, and their two small children, Joe, who is three years old, and Emily, who is 10 months old. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people in one house. So we've got another, another little fact. So the Telegraph done a survey of a group of people, and two thirds of that group say multi-generational households are the solution. So people actually agree with it being a good thing. But two-thirds say it's the solution to the housing problem, but only 16% of that group say that the housing is suitable for multi-generational living. So Noah West is in the top 10 neighbourhoods. I think that countrywide is in the top 10 neighbourhoods of overcrowded houses. So we've got quite a problem of overcrowding in Noah West. Yeah, I mean, when my kids got married, um, my son lived with us, first of all, with his wife. And that was crowded. My daughter came and went a few different times and it was overcrowded because, um, well, my son had kids as well. And those houses are not suitable. They're just not. Um, if they wanted to come home now, then not a chance. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, is it all your, with all your new stuff in it? I got I mean. sheds full of stuff. <laughs> I've even got a shed with a toilet in. Really? <laughs> Haven't I? <laughs> well, with, with that winning story... So, Charlie is the winner because he had all the all of his three houses have been pulled. A big round of applause to Charlie. Well done, Charlie. So, Charlie, what are you going to spend your £10 on? <laughs> oh, Stuff from his shed. <laughs> 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 so shall we just hear about the ones that we we didn't pull out of the I was gonna say hat yeah. bowl. <laughs> yeah. um, who wants to go first? Shall we have Bob? Yeah. In this house lives Cheryl, who is 49, with two adult children. Children, Denise, who is 23, and Jackson, who is 28. Now, to me, that is not appropriate these days. It seems as though children like to leave the house as soon as possible, but they do, they do come back. We have one, yes, we have one, 45, just come back now. Um, and probably another one as well. But um, 
it seems strange that four adults or three adults in one house, it can be a bit with the, the age difference as well, can be very complex yeah. and can cause problems. I don't know if you have statistics for this, but... We do, I think. <laughs> we have a stat for that. <laughs> so 63% of adults between 20 and 29 live with their parents, and half of 25 to 29-year-olds live with their parents. So I knew that it was, like, growing, like, that younger adults have to stay at home, but I did not realise it was that big. How many of those can't afford to move away, or whether they don't want to move away? Because it's too easy at home. Yeah, it's definitely the cost. I think. Yeah. Probably, yeah. Today, children, well, young adults trying to buy houses, very complex, very expensive, and therefore they have to return home to the to the family. End of the story. Then why do they want to leave? They get a good life. Ours do. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's surprising, you know, it's money. And with, and with a lot of them, I think they they're at home, and yeah, they they pay so much towards the. The expenses of the house, rent to the parents, etc. But it's never as much as they'd pay in the real world. No, no, you don't know. Um, so to, to a lot of them, it's scary to go out there. and. It's a double-edged sword, though, Charlie, isn't it? Because it also means that they can save save up money to then go out and buy, buy a house. You know, I, know, I know quite a few people that have both moved in as a couple. They've got married, but they've moved in with one of their parents just so they can put themselves in that position to save up, you know, to save up the 10% yeah. or whatever it is they need to put down for a mortgage. Yeah. I mean, we, we bought our council house as soon as we could. Yeah. Um, to save money, basically. Because yeah. I didn't want to pay out for it nothing. made sense, didn't it? And therefore, we could afford to do things to it. In this house lives Mary. Mary is 86 and lives by herself. Right, so my fact for this is over half of Noel West homes have only one or two people living in them, which I find that's really, really surprising. So over 50% of the houses on the estate have only one or two people living in them. Uh, we just got the glasses. Uh, and 70% of the homes in Noel West have three bedrooms. So a majority of our houses are three bedrooms with only one or two people living in them. I mean, those last two examples that we spoke about are kind of like the summary of the situation, really, isn't it? It's like, you know, you've got a lot of um, people living longer. Um, so you have like one person living in a house maybe that's for three or a full family. Then you've got uh, some lots of overcrowded homes because... Mm. Yeah, as people um, get to the point where they would usually move out, yeah. can't afford to get on the housing market, employment situations are difficult, you know, lots of contract work, yeah. part-time work. I mean, years ago, we used to all, most people used to work for one company from the day they started work to the day mm. they retired. It's slightly different now. I mean, most people work on contracts now. We're all, we're all for the length of our contract, and then after that, we're looking for another job. A lot, some people are working from home, some people are working from more, multiple loca locations. So there's been some quite big changes in the way we live nowadays as families and as people. So we're going to look at some alternatives. Yeah, so I saw one that I thought was quite interesting, um, especially for the two examples we were chatting about earlier. Um, so there was um, architects called PRP Architects. And in East London, they've done this like multi-generational housing development. So each plot, instead of having one home on it, has two. So there's a townhouse with three storeys, where I imagine like the bigger family lives. But then there's also an annex um, at the other side of the plot um, so at the other side of the plot, there's like a two-storey annex and then they share like a kind of garden courtyard. And so the idea is that it would, I can imagine, be like two generations. So you might have the younger 
um, person who ha isn't quite ready to m move in their own home yet or you might have an older person that wants to be like closer with the support of their family so I thought that was quite interesting to solve that issue it goes back to the, what we were saying just now about the adult kids coming back home and living mm. you know if you've got a, a separate living space for them on the same plot you still you still you know you can still be quite close to each other that that level of care can still be maintained but you're not in each other's right in each other's spaces all the time so so i've looked at a project in london it's already up and running it's a women's co-housing project and it was for slightly older ladies they, they they basically got involved in the design and the build of a new housing estate and basically because they formed a co-op they were able to to factor in all the things that they thought they would want for the future for stuff you know for for example like studio space communal areas and it, but it was a single sex uh, cooperative so it was kind of like well, what what how do we want to live in the future this is how we want to live so we're going to build a, a housing estate to, to, to suit our needs we've got, we have got um some time just so in case you're wondering to reflect on these in a minute we're just going to do like a quick intro on these first yeah. so we've got two more to share so one that i heard about that i thought was really interesting because um, it was just so different. I'm not even sure I like the idea of it, but it just stuck out to me as a good thing to chat about. Um, that was in Singapore, um, where, by the way, they don't have any kind of like state welfare. So there's no like um, funds for care, support for care and stuff. Um, but they are giving grants um, of the equivalent of around £12,000 for um, kids to move back closer to their parents. Um, so they're saying within two kilometres. Uh, so you get like an incentive basically so that they would hope that that would then mean that you would obviously help care and support um, your family member as they get older. Um, and then they've also got another one which I thought was even stranger actually which was um, you get about £6,000 um, if you're single and over 35 to move back in with and I buy a home with your parents. Um, which I thought, do they, do they think when if you're 35 and still single... Do they just think you should give yeah, up? Kind of writing you off at 35. It's kind of a bit scary. What is that? Is that what they think? So, is um, anybody else here like having a little panic? <laughs> Get six grand to go out and buy a shelf to suit yourself on. Yeah, so I'm not quite sure what that one means, um, but I thought it was interesting. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. You know, the, uh, the last one I looked at, and I keep coming back to it, is probably the best one. This is, this is the We Can Make House, where we are today. So this, this is quite similar to Michaela's multi-generational housing where, you know, you have one plot with two dwellings, but this is, this is more of a retrofit. This is, this is the kind of project which you opt into, you know, you choose to, to join this, this project. And basically, if you've got a big enough space in your property, you plunk one of these in the garden or you put it in, on the side of the house at the bottom of the garden. So this, this is, this is the, another model where, you know, you can deal with the problem of, you know, over, overcrowding in a house but still have somebody quite close, you know, not living in your space. So, we're going to play a game. But the trouble is then... Sorry, sorry. The other trouble then is it could lead to, in my case, me moving into the shed in the garden. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she'll have a house all on yeah. her own. Yeah, she looks really, really happy now. <laughs> and for anyone that can't see, you're not here. She's smiling a lot. <laughs> Yeah, there's definitely something going on there, Charlie. No, it's funny you missed that, but there is... We have got some people that are interested in doing it that way round, rather than building, putting, what, putting the house... Shoving their husbands at the end of the garden? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Shove, shoving their kids into the house with the family and the parents moving out to the, to the garden, you know, to the We Can Make house. And, you know, a friend of mine's actually 
really considering that with this with this project. I'm considering it yes. already. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, but do I, do I get me tea bought out? <laughs> oh no, you got to become self-efficient, mate. That's part of the deal. <laughs> well, you yeah. get you get to share even more thoughts now because we're going to play a game called Snog, Marry or Avoid. <laughs> <laughs> or the new version, Snog, Marry, Avoid, throw it in the shed in the back garden. Snog, Marry, Avoid. No, snogging's out. Yeah, so does everyone know how to... Maybe just in case no-one's ever played this game growing up. So we've, had this, yeah, we've had this game going on here through, through all the podcasts. So basically, snog means you really like something, you're interested in it, but you want to find out more before you fully commit, so you're just going to give it a quick snog. Marry, you're 100% behind it, you're going to go for it, and then avoid, well, it's the one you don't really think is going to be a, bit, a very good project. So we're going to start with Michaela's uh, first project, which was the multi-generational housing. So let's, have a, let's ask our guest, Don, would you snog, marry or avoid? I think I'd avoid. <laughs> avoid the multi-generational housing? Um, yeah, and what about yeah. you, Charlie? If it's done in the right way with the right with the right people, it can be a good thing. But um, like you say, it can be open to. It could bring more problems, and it's worse. Yeah. You have to be a special sort of a person to want to be a, a communal thing. I mean, I tried this back in the sixties, living in in a big house in Gloucester Road with four 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 people. Oh my God, it was nightmare. Everybody has to buy into it, and it, it, you all have to get on, don't you? That's the problem. Well, yeah, I mean, we saw five people, one bloody toilet, and nobody wanted to clean it. Oh, my God. So just to clarify, not that I'm trying to persuade anyone, um, that the multi-generational example was where there was a, a three-storey a three story house on oh, one yeah. part, a two-storey on the other. They were separated, um, but you still kind of were close and shared a garden. So um, how about the audience? What do you think? Would you snog, marry, or avoid that? Shout them out. Snog. 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 No, is that a boy for me? A boy. A boy. A boy. I think you guys dissuade them. I'm really surprised. Yeah, yeah. I always get surprised in these. Well, the things I think are going to be popular are not, and vice versa. That's really interesting. Do you want to remind us of what your second yeah, one so was? Yeah, so the second one I talked about was um, the women's co-housing project. I mean, it's, it's a, a thing, uh, uh, you know, it's a, a women's co-housing project where they get involved in the design of it before it's built, and then they, they build it to suit their, you know, to, so it's fit for purpose for them. So what about this one? Charlie, do you want to start? Would you snog, marry or avoid the, 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 sort of the single gender housing project? I think I'd avoid it. Um, well, I don't know. I don't know because I think it's wrong for one sex to make decisions. It should be a joint thing because it's going to affect joint, yeah, yeah. joint male and female. So if you've got one load of women designing and everything else for it, are they taken into consideration? But it is, it is purely for women only to live in it as well. Oh, is it? Yeah, so they're designing and building it for themselves. So it's basically a, a cooperative of uh, a group have got together uh, you know, and decided this, we're going to build our own houses to the way we want it. So they built it. But, I mean, it's, it's well, a women it might, only... It might be a peck on the cheek then. That's what I like that. A peck on the cheek. Good one. I like that. What about you, Don? I, I, I think, like, 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 like Charlie said, it'd be a bit of peck on the cheek, but from a distance. But from a distance. Yeah, yeah. Well, what about our audience? What do you think? Snog, marry, avoid? Yeah, snog, I think, yeah. Marry. <laughs> a marry? 
So do you want to tell us a bit more about yeah. why you'd marry it? Or was I supposed to say snob? No, and I said no. Mary. <laughs> I like the man with Mary. What are you going to do? Uh, Which one are you doing? Snog, marry, or avoid? Snog. <laughs> so, a bit mixed, mixed feelings there, then, on the, the, the women's. It's not as popular as I thought it would be. Yeah, yeah. I can, I can see, definitely see the appeal of it. I think um, mainly with more mature people looking for houses, you know. I mean, it's quite good to be social when you're younger, but I mean, as you get older, you enjoy your own company a bit. Yeah, I, I, think, I think it's something for a, a particular age group. I mean, it would drive me mad now. I know that for a fact, you know. I'm still young, so it doesn't affect me. Uh, <laughs> I, I tried to, when you, when you employed five women to look after my sister, and was like, I felt like Henry VIII sometimes. <laughs> no one did the bloody heads off of most of them, like, you know. God, there. <laughs> I know, that's, well, when there was only one of me and five of them, I had no way of, no, don't go there. Okay, let's go to Singapore instead. So with, um, so in Singapore, they give grants to um, kids to move back and help their parents. Um, so you get, yeah, they get around £12,000 to move within two kilometres of their parents. So it's encouraging and incentivising maybe Pay, helping to pay for some of those costs if you need to move back closer to parents. Maybe you moved away, but they've come to a point where they might actually need your support or will in the near future. Yeah. And the around about £6,000 to move in with them and get a house with them. I mean, bear in mind that this that this project came out of the back that, that in Singapore, the welfare state is very, very poor. You know? yeah. mm -hmm. So you, you know, you, when you get into the, to the point where you do need looking after, what they're trying to do is encourage the children to move closer to mum and dad so they can look after them. So, guys, would you snog, marry, or avoid, or i.e., would you want kids or any younger people living closer to you, or with you? No, I wouldn't have the kids back with me. They they live only a mile and a half away now. But as for looking after me as I get older, they wouldn't. Yeah, it's it's hard to imagine in this country, isn't it? Because we know, because mm. we know, or we're kind of hoping that we're going to be looked after by the state. Yeah, we, it's, it's, it's quite hard to get yourself into that frame of mind of like. Well, if I get to the end of my life and there's no way I can't go to hospital, I've got no money. Who's going to look after me? Yeah, yeah I, I, naturally, children do want to look after their parents anyway. I think you know, it's, it normally happens, but I think this is kind of saying, well, do it. Here's some money to help you do it to get you, you know, to make it easier for you. Yeah, my, my kids would probably, yeah, we'll have the money. <laughs> yeah, you never see them again. <laughs> <laughs> Buy a boat or something. What, what about you, John? Snog Mary? Oh, I'm just thinking, I'm just trying to, trying to work this now. I mean, the, We've got something similar now in this country, um, but it only applies to people with disabilities or, or you know, if you become a, an elderly person, you have an assessed need, you're entitled to a, a direct payment. Or you can either, well, how that works is that uh, uh, if, if they're offering you uh, a service, say a care home, and uh, you think, well, no, I don't want a care home, but they're saying, but you've got to live there for a 724. Then you say, no, I don't want a care home, but I'll have the money instead. So you, this is a whole thing you have to go through, jump through loads of loops and all the rest of it. But anyway, this is what we did for my sister. And you, 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 you set up a bank account and you, then they will pay money in. And then your, your care will be your responsibility and not that of the local authorities. So, uh, of course, you get audited every year, once a year, just to make sure that things are kind of going along like they did. And, uh, and, and that, that, that kind of worked to a certain degree, but... I made the mistake of trying to employ a family member. Now, of all the difficult people to have in the house, it was the family member. 
you know, because that family member, because she knew me, thought that she ought to be treated in a special way, like, you know. And when you're saying, well, actually, I'm kind of employing people on behalf of my sisters here, and you all have to be treated the same. She couldn't get that around her head at all, so it didn't work at all, so I had to ask her if she would move on. But, you know, um, but it's kind of something... I think it, it, it can work, but it needs a lot of working at, if you know what I mean, a lot of working at. Uh, looking after somebody, no matter whether it's just for a casual or for, a, or, or for a, long, a long period of time, you get to know the quirky nature of that person. And believe you me, that is very difficult. If, no, if, if you've got it in your head that this person's acting stupid because you've never seen that before, you know, then you, you've got all sorts of problems that come up. Like, you know, because when, when I moved back home with my mum, I mean, I used to love my mum to death, like, you know, but, oh, you know, the last sort of 10 years when I was living there and she's ever like, like, you know, she was a completely different woman. I thought to myself, what, what, why she changed? Of course she lost her husband. Her whole lifestyle had changed. I was trying to do something for her in my way, but it didn't suit her way. So we had all this conflicting stuff going on, like, you know, by the time we kind of got to a, a, a position of, mm, equilibrium or call it status quo, call it what you like, you know, she died. So, you know, and, and that's, that's the way it goes. So, so, it's, so it's, from what you're saying then, Don, you, sometimes it's not that, it's not that, you need some, diff, some really clear some, boundaries between the carer very, and, the, and the person being cared for. Very clear boundaries, yeah. very clear and boundaries indeed. Clearly I can like, really you know. see what you're saying there, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not, not everybody would be able to give that care to yeah, their parents. Exactly, yeah, exactly. And, and especially if you're a member of the family, yeah, you know, because there's, a, there's, a, there, there's an assumption they know you, so therefore they can look yeah. after you, whether you like it or not. It doesn't work, believe me, it yeah. does not work. But being a son or a daughter doesn't make you a, a natural no, carer, no. does it? No, no. No, because we had a similar thing with Kay's mum. She's got dementia, so she's had to go into a home because we're, we're not, you know... There's uh, an all other element there, isn't there, about There's being no way family. we could look after her, but just the state wouldn't. We had to sell her house to pay for the care. Yeah. You know, and as more and more people, you know, in, in council houses as well, have bought the houses, uh, well, a lot of them yeah. have. Yeah, um, They're not going to get any help. Later on, no, no, because we've 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 now moved changing the subject of us. No, no, but, but it, it's, 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 it's related. It does. It's make quite yeah. true. We've moved into the era of being sort of property rich but cash poor. You see, so of course, whilst you're alive, if you need care, the the, the authorities will support you. But they're totting this up so that when you die, they'll take your house, sell it, take what money they think they've given to you, and then the remainder will be given to the family. So that's the way it works now. Like you know, so. Uh, it's a really strange situation. So, just to recap, Dom, was that a sock marry or a void? <laughs> <laughs> was that an avoid? It was all avoid, right? I, th I think yes. I think I, I, I would. I would. I, I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. No, so it'd be a void. How about our audience? Is that a snog marry or a void for instead of welfare support, um, <laughs> cash incentives for uh, f uh, kids to move closer to their? Older parents to support them. Avoid. Maybe snog. Yeah, yeah. snog. I think. Yeah. No. Avoid. Avoid. <laughs> snog. Yeah. Marry. You changed your mind. <laughs> A marry. Yeah. Oh, oh, cool. Nice. So the last one, then I'm asked. Uh, I'll ask you first this time, Don. So this is the We Can Make House, you know, the the the, the, the opt-in project that we're trying to get started in Noah West. So the We Can Make House. Would you snog, marry, or avoid? I I would uh, I would definitely snog that idea. 
Because, I mean, as long as you've got some space between you and the people that you love but don't want to be around you every five minutes of the day, you know, and you've got, you, you, and you've got your own privacy. And, I mean, one of these things down the end of my garden would suit me fine, like, you know. Uh, then I, somebody come knock on the door, I can open and say, go away, and shut the door again, like, you know. But if, they're, if I'm living in the house and they come to visit, oh, come on in then, like, you know. So, yeah, so I would snog that idea, definitely. Charlie! I'd marry it. You'd marry it? Yeah. Good one, thank you. I think is that a lot of people's gardens now, I mean, some people look after them, yeah. and a lot of people don't. They become don't, car parks, aren't they? Don't go out in the garden, they, it's all overgrown, it's wasted space. And so there's all that space, so they could put, put these up, yeah. uh, and a lot of them. So with the right pairing and the right people yeah. into the right properties, it could yeah. work really well. I mean, I couldn't have one in my garden, uh, because I haven't got the room. I've put too, yeah. much, too many things in there. Yeah. Yeah, sheds there. Take, take the sheds away. <laughs> says it, go away, go away. <laughs> there's one, two, three, four, five now. Oh, that's a, yeah. a two-story two house. Oh, anyway, we've got, we got huge trees that we've planted. Which, didn't you see them when you came round? I feel that, like that's a that whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> there's a big workshop. There's the paint shed. There's the garden tools shed. There's the chairs, garden chairs and whatever shed. Then there's the hedgehog run. And there's the there's a Victorian hothouse, which is like a wooden lean lean to greenhouse, which is gonna be appearing later this year. So if you didn't have your sheds, it would work for you in your garden? If we didn't have the shed if the garden was the same as when we first moved in into the place. After we cleared it all, yeah. it was one big open area. Then yes, it would work definitely. So you like the idea, but just not. I like the idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think if the space is only not using it. Yeah, great. And what about the audience? Let's go around the audience now, Specky. Um, yeah, snog. Marry, 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 marry. Snog, marry. Marry. I would only go have it in my house, in my garden if I knew somebody that was living in it. <laughs> I think that's really important. It, it, and the, is there a divorce? The parents option? have to be right. The parents can't be blind. They can't be. Yeah. You know, you have... No arranged marriages. Only <laughs> proposals that you've initiated. <laughs> it would have to be an interview process, wouldn't it? And no divorce bills of thirty-nine billion pounds. <laughs> Well, I think we have a winner that we can make home by a landslide. So, yeah. Right, so we're going to be inviting some questions from the audiences in a minute. But first, we're going to speak to our two guests. So, Charlie and Donna, I'll ask you first, Don. So, what's really stuck with you today? You know, what, what are you going to take away from today? What, what would you say is best for Noah West? Um, well, people are seriously thinking about what the future can look like. And that, like you know, and 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 how they can, I suppose, sort of uh, accommodate it, like you know, because I mean, life at the moment, life now is changing at such a rapid pace. You know, things that we took for granted yesterday is no longer sort of on the on the radar for tomorrow. If you know what I mean, so we have to be very, you know, we've got to be a bit street smart, like you know, and think. Yeah, I know for a fact I don't want to go into a bloody care home. Yeah, you know. 
and that. So, um, you know, if, if Chef comes to push, I'd take another mortgage out on my house and have one of these things put down the end and let the outsider get some money, like, you know. So uh, that would be my that would be my solution to, to, to that, like, you know. I think, yeah, I mean, th this is a prototype, like, you know, I mean, of course, I want it in my own design. You know that, don't you, Greg? Yes. I'm sorry, mate. I'm sorry, mate. It has to be my own design. I can't just have it like this. Everyone got these, you know. But, yeah, yeah. So, that, you know, it's, 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 it's an interesting sort of concept. And I think, I think, it's, I think to, to think about it seriously now is very, yeah. it's very sensible. The time is right, isn't it? It's... It is. The time is right, yeah. About you, Charlie? I think this is a brilliant idea, really do. And I think it might help to bring back communities as they were. I mean, 30 years ago, I knew everyone in my street. Mm. You're all my neighbours. I, I can, can't even count on one hand now. People around me who I know. Um, where people have come and gone and they just don't talk anymore, which is terrible. Yeah. But if those people aren't... A lot of those people have moved away and strangers have come in, but they've moved away because there wasn't this sort of thing. They had families growing up, they needed bigger places or yeah. those sort of circumstances, yeah. And I think when those people move away, that sense of community goes with them. And like when you said new people move in, and invariably when the new people move, they tend to bring their friends and family with them. I've noticed quite a lot when you get one family and move into a street, and within about five to six, seven, eight years, quite a few other people on that street now remember, you know, they know, they know that person or they're members of their family now. Yeah. So you do kind of get like a whole families moving around from area to area, following, following maybe mum around or following parents around or whatever. So, yeah, it's, we, we need to start thinking about keeping people here, don't we? Keeping people in the community. Yeah. And this, this, this would be a good start towards yeah. that, I think. Changing yeah. families, definitely. I like the idea of going back to that, you know, more community yeah. feel. Um, what about our audience? Does anyone want to share anything? Anything that you that stuck with you after the show today? Yeah, an example. I have a, a mother-in-law that just passed away quite close to here. Um, single person on her own for many years. The house is now bought by the granddaughter. Right. No, sorry, her daughter. Now, what if the option was open for them to have a time at the end of the garden? I'm sure that family would have moved in yeah. to the house earlier but there was no options around. There was no time and there was nothing. This is only just over the back of where she lives. And I'm sure it can be modified to have fitted in the garden. Mm. And that family would have been far better because one, they could have looked after the mother-in-law. Everything that you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So my view yeah. is, yes, people like Tams in that for adults on their own is ideal because they've got family around them. Is everything. It's always somebody there looking at But there's no concept before unless this, this time is here now. Yeah. But people are only just beginning to think about it. Is it too big? Could there be another Mark II that would be suitable for a smaller garden? But I'm sure a lot of parents would uh, consider it because exactly as I've just said. Which is exactly what the We Can Make podcast is all about, Bob, is we're looking, we're looking at the design code and how we can get this right before we move on and we're quite close to moving on to the next to the next stage to get applying for planning. So we're getting there, and I think that, that this is all part of the part of the process. Do these come with a shed? They can do. They can. <laughs> I, think, I mean, you can get a shed size one, Charlie. In my own case, I'll 
I live alone in a three-bedroom house. I have space, and I know that there are a lot of people looking for somewhere to live. Yeah. I wouldn't mind having something smaller, maybe a bed sitter or studio apartment. I can move there, and uh, people that need it the three-bedroom house more could have it. Yeah. Mm. Makes sense. Makes doesn't it does make a lot of sense. Do you want to say something about your house? <laughs> Ready? Go on then. What about um, um, me? I'm staying in my house, and then she's going to stay at Lucy's nan's house. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. How do you feel about that? <laughs> <laughs> No comment. <laughs> do you think Lucy wants, to, I think wants to say something? No. I don't think she does. <laughs> we do have, though, um, at the back, our artist, Danielle, who's been very quiet, <laughs> scribbling away. She's drawing right now. I'm sure I'm really interrupting her. She's writing. Um, do you, I know that you're drawing a picture, so that's quite hard to... Explain, maybe you could show us something or describe something um, from today, what you've done today. Well, I don't have anything like good enough to show at all, but I can comment on the sort of points that I found most like visually interesting. So I'm not sure really whether to focus the postcard on kind of the problem. So like to look, drawing some sort of thing that shows the overcrowding and stuff or whether to focus it more on the solutions. So like the the examples of buildings and stuff that could be um, options. So, yeah, I'm, I'm undecided which way I'm going to lean. After I've had more of a play after, I'll just sort of come up with the one that's most visually, you know, appealing. But um, I think they're both, like, yeah, interesting ways of looking at the, at the discussion. I was going to say, I'm usually a solutions person, but if someone hasn't heard the conversation, then, like, it might be cool to share, like, the problem, like, so people understand why, but I don't know how you would yeah. show both. <laughs> That's yeah. what I was going to say. You need to have the problem to find the solution, so you need to depict both, really, I think. I'll do my best. <laughs> <laughs> but to what extent is the, the problem we are talking about unique to know? To what extent? I think when you are talking about housing generally in... Um, in Bristol, yeah. what is here, maybe what is in Lockleys yeah. and something. I think most people will be looking at what have we been thinking for the solution. Yeah, yeah. How do we get to the answer? Yes. Get there? Yeah. So if we are going to go for, to Funder or to anybody say, look, this is the general problem in Bristol, but we in no think we can solve the problem this way, this way, this way, this way, which may be unique. Yes, great summary. Great no, I mean, a that good thing, a especially point. if it spreads exponentially outwards from this. I think on that high note, let's call that a wrap. So uh, maybe we just hear a goodbye from everyone. So should we have a goodbye from our guests? Yeah, goodbye. It's <laughs> goodbye from him and goodbye from me. <laughs> and it's goodbye from me. And me. And from our audience. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.